Our first reading for today is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 to 10. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love and your endurance inspired by the hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers beloved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, and in spite of severe sufferings, you welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who rescues us from the coming wrath. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him, that is Jesus, in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius and they asked him, Whose portrait is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, brothers and sisters, in the same spirit as Paul, Silas, and Timothy said to the churches of Thessalonica, Grace and peace are yours from Jesus Christ and from God our Heavenly Father. I pray that you are doing well. And as we look at these words from 1 Thessalonians 1, uh, I want you to think today about life. 
and just what it means to be alive. You know, you think about those moments of life, those things that are most exciting, those moments when you really say, you know, I just feel alive now. What, what's that moment for you? Uh, maybe it's a moment up at, up at Lake Michigan, for those of you that like to vacation up in Michigan. And you're there at the lake and you have your feet in the sand and the surf is, is wonderful and the sky is blue and you just have all these colors around you and you just think, man, I just feel so alive. I feel the breath in my lungs and it's worth it. Maybe for those of you that like to be, uh, to be out hiking or doing something like that, maybe it's a moment like that. Maybe it's after a job well done. I, I don't know what it is for you, but, but for me it's maybe a combination of all of those things. And you just say to yourself, I'm just so happy to be alive, right? I feel so alive. And when you start thinking about that, you can start thinking about what it means for you to be alive, right? What it means to say, I'm alive. I'm alive in the midst of this vast universe. In the midst of this vast universe, there's this one particular star and it has this one planet that's, that's three removed and, and it's perfect for the type of life that I am. And here I exist one of the only ones who ever has in the entirety of the universe. And you start thinking about that. What does it do? Does it, does it create a sense of awe in you? Maybe, maybe in some ways it even creates a little bit of fear in you. When you think about being alive, what, what do you think? Now, I, I'll have to say, I'm not trying to push you into some kind of an existential crisis. But to think about what it means for you to be alive is such a cool thing. It's such a cool thought. And especially when you think about it in the context of being a believer in Jesus. Because as believers, you know, we believe that we are created with a purpose. We believe that the Creator wanted us here. We believe that we have a purpose and there's a a purpose to us being alive. And, And first and foremost, the purpose for us being alive is to praise our Creator. Right? It's to recognize the God who has, who has made us in the very first place. And, and not only that, but what's awesome about our Creator God is that He invites us to praise Him by serving other creatures. Right? By serving others that He has created as well. That He wants us to love and serve those who are around and to do so in the spirit of His love for us. That's what the Creator God intends for us. That's what the God of Scripture intends for us. He intends for us to know that we are created to love Him and to love others. And we repeat those words sometimes so much in church that they can seem like slogans. But they're not. It's a very real way that God intends for us to experience our life. And to be able to say, I am alive. When we start to say, I'm alive, we can then say, what is is God doing in me? And and we could turn to the words of Jesus. In fact, Jesus addressed this issue in John chapter 10, verse 10, an important verse for me personally. In John 10, 10, Jesus said this, the thief comes only to kill and steal and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and life to the full. Now that first part, the thief comes only to kill and steal and destroy, it speaks of the work of Satan in the world. And the work of Satan who seeks to tear down everything that is good. The work of Satan who seeks to destroy and undermine the faith which God has worked in you. Satan who even would stop at nothing to destroy the gift of life that God has given to you. But Jesus has come for a different purpose. Jesus said, but I have come that you might have life and life to the full. 
that you might experience all that God has for you, and that you might experience God's presence in your life, that you might experience His love, and that you might experience what that means to know that He's called you with a purpose. You know, there are, there are people in this world who have no sense of purpose, have, have no sense of why they exist in the first place. But as believers, we, we never have to question that. We never have to ask those questions. We never have to wonder because it's written for us. We are told very clearly that God created us. God created you with a purpose. God created you on purpose. The creator God wants you here. And, and he created you on purpose and with a purpose because he loves you. And because he loves you, he chooses you. Now, now you might think that we're far off of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, but we're really not. In fact, that's the underlying assumption of that text. And that's, that's verse 4 when it speaks to us as children of God. And it says that we are brothers and sisters who are loved by God and chosen by him. God loves you and he chooses you. And he chooses you to live out your faith. He chooses you to know that you are alive. And not only that you're alive, but to be able to say this, I am alive in God's love. That's the marquee thing. That's, that's what my life is all about. What a great sentence. I am alive in God's love. If it's not too weird, say it out loud. I am alive in God's love. And as you think about what that means to know this gift of life and to know the gift of being alive in God's love, you start to realize I'm alive and so God loves me. And God loves me and so I'm alive. And that's the breath in my lungs. And that's the reason that I exist. And that's the reason why I do all the things that I do. The world will try to twist and turn that. And no matter what the world might say or do or have for me, I know that I'm alive because of God's love. And I am alive in God's love. And that's what the Thessalonians believed. That's the thing in which they staked their claim. That's the thing that, that Paul is remembering them for and is celebrating them for. That's the thing that, that Paul is praising God for. That they know that they are alive in God's love. And you are too. That's what we believe. That's what the, the gift of faith in Jesus Christ works in each one of us. It works in us to trust this, to believe this, to know the God who has done this for us, and to know that as he has called us to faith, we have purpose, and we are alive, and we are alive in God's love, and that affects us every single day in everything that we do. And so just, just quick, remember, remember the basics of how this faith was worked in you. Remember that it came to you from God himself as he claimed you in the waters of holy baptism. And as he claimed you in baptism, you were made his own child. You were made his precious and loved child. And the best part, the most liberating thing for us as Lutheran Christians is understanding that baptism is God's work. So we never have to question whether we, we said the right words, whether we were wearing the right thing. We never have to question whether we believed enough, whether we believe enough today. But instead, the confidence that we have is a trust that God works in us, to trust that he has worked in our lives. You could say it like this, did your head get wet? Then you know that you belong to God. 
God wants you to be alive. And he wants you to be alive in his love because he chose you. And now what did he, what did he choose you for? He chose you to live in God's love. Remember John 10.10 when he said, I've come that you might have life and life to the full. That he intends for you to live the life that he has given you. And so you can say, not only am I alive in God's love, but I live in God's love. And how do you do that? Well, that's what's spoken of here in this text. The gifts that faith works in you create in you a sense of being and a sense of calling. They work in you every single day to transform your heart and mind, to focus on what God is doing and what God is doing through you. And as they do, you hear these different words and they speak to your heart and they speak to your life. It says that in faith, you now have work produced by faith, labor prompted by love, and endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And you should hear in that this triplicate, one of Paul's favorite themes, faith, hope, and love. Well, that's the order in 1 Corinthians 13. The order here in 1 Thessalonians 1 is faith, love, and hope. And what flows from those things but work, labor, and endurance? You go, well, now wait a minute. We were talking before about these mountaintops of life. That doesn't sound like the mountaintop of life. And yet this is what God is calling you to. He's saying that faith, hope, and love in your life, or faith, love, and hope in your life produce this work. They produce this labor for others. And they sustain you. That's what endurance is all about. Sustaining you in faith no matter what comes your way in life. And that as you do these things then, you live in them. And as you live in them, your life becomes a model. Now this is the part that's probably going to be hard for you to hear. God intends for your life to be a model for others. You are an example. And as Christians, I think, I think too readily we want to get out of that. Well, don't look to me, look to others. Don't look to me, look to super Christians. Look to somebody like, like Mother Teresa. But that's not what the text is talking about. It's talking about how God was using ordinary Christians in Thessalonica in the first century to be examples of faith that would become known everywhere. And the fact that we're talking about them means that they became models of faith everywhere. That's how God uses believers that's the way that we can serve others by serving our God. That's the way that we can, in fact, ex give an example of the faith, hope, and love that's working inside of us. That's how we live in God's love. And as we become models, then we start to see ourselves as ones who represent God. We begin to realize that we do have a purpose, that we're living for others and not for ourselves. We become models, models of of things that are different than the world's type of models, right? Because the world only wants to put up models that are perfect, and we're not that. Instead, we're, we're models, we're examples of what it means to live by faith. By faith, we, we know that we have sins in our lives. By faith, we know that we need to be rescued by Jesus Christ. By faith, we know that we are alive. And so we're not proud models, we're humble models. We're ones who follow first the example of Jesus Christ and who do what he has done for us. And so you are an example. An example of one who has been rescued from false idols 
and from the ways of the dark world which would seek to kill and steal and destroy. Instead, to serve the living and true God, the one who brings life. You are an example as one who is loved by God and rescued by Jesus, one who has been forgiven and set free. You are an example of one, and this is right in the middle of this text, of one who experiences the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Joy no matter what comes. And as you hear that word joy, I want you once again to think about your own life. And I want you to think about what kind of an example you're setting to the people around you. You know, the, the early church, as they were trying to figure out this Jesus movement, as they were trying to figure out what it meant to live by faith and, and now to be a part of a community of people, it was all new to them. And for the first couple of centuries of the church, in fact, until some significant things happened in the, the society around them, the only witness of the church was the activity of its people was the way that they lived as, as Christian businessmen, the way that they lived as Christian caregivers, the way that they lived in the forum, in the arena of, of public life, the way that they lived and the example that they set, and God shone a light on it as he saw fit. And as a result, people came to faith. And others began to know and to experience what the gift of faith was all about. And brothers and sisters, we're still called to that today. We have wonderful ways that we can spread the gospel and we have wonderful gospel programs and evangelism programs. And yet, the way that we're still told the faith is transmitted the best is through the example of believers. Through your example. Because you are a model. And so let the joy of the Holy Spirit be in you as you recognize the gift of faith that is yours. Let your faith be the reason why you get up each day and the very breath in your lungs. And that you can say, I'm alive and I'm alive in God's love. And you can say, therefore, this day, I choose to live. Live as one who is chosen and loved by God. So brothers and sisters, what a privilege it is to speak these words. I am alive in God's love, and therefore I live in God's love. For the glory of Jesus Christ, amen.